Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And welcome. It's Devious Motives, and I am Brett Woodable. It is great to be here uh, with you. 15 days out from the election. That's right. We're getting right up against two weeks uh, into the election. And what's incredible to me is as much as the left is talking about abortion and is, is, is talking about uh, uh, those issues, what they seem to be totally ignoring is the foreign policy component. And I know what you're saying. Well, uh, you know, inflation is what matters, uh, Brett. The border is what matters. Um, uh, the keeping more of your money, all that sort of stuff. That's all hugely important. Crime is hugely important. Yeah, but the foreign policy component has been left completely alone. And remember, it's Joe Biden, President Biden, who was was famous for being, you know, Mr. Foreign Policy Guy. He, he, he knew all the the, the leaders around the world, he's been in the Senate for uh, 50 years, all that sort of stuff, right? We all know what that narrative was. And I'm not, I'm not just going to sit here and take pot shots, but I am giving you guys actual real-based analysis here, okay? Reality-based analysis. So President Biden was supposed to be this, like, super smart guy. Kamala Harris was supposed to be uh, this transcendent figure who was going to be the president after Joe Biden was done being the president. And she she understood the social and domestic issues that we need to pay close attention to. But I want to go back to 2021 before we look at 2022. And here's what I want to look at. Um, and I'm not talking J6 because everybody's talking about J6 on TV, uh, all, all, all that sort of stuff. I, what I want to talk about is what was the narrative that Joe Biden was pushing really from like, let's say April, May of, of 2021 onward? It was America's back. Remember, America's back. America's back. I speak today as president of the United States at the very start of my administration, and I'm sending a clear message to the world. America is back. The transatlantic alliance is back. And we are not looking backward. We are looking forward together. I know, I know the past few years have strained and tested our transatlantic relationship. But the United States is determined, determined. President to Biden goes to Geneva and he has a meeting with the uh, European bosses and Macron and, and at that time, Bojo and, and the Germans and, and all the folks were telling him, like, well, how great it was to have him back in the club that America was back. And he met with Vladimir Putin, met with Vladimir Putin and uh you know, really stood up as a tough guy with Vladimir Putin and, and, you know, was asserting who he was and how he wasn't going to put up with nonsense. And then remember what Joe Biden did. This is lost to history. He says to Vladimir Putin, here is a list of strategically important targets in the United States that you are not allowed to attack. Now, I know you're saying, no way he didn't. He absolutely did. He was like, you can't attack our petrochemical plants. You can't uh, attack our pipelines. You can't attack, meaning meaning he didn't want hackers coming at the United States. And then you guys remember what happened with the Patriot pipeline? 
the Patriot Pipeline. Uh, that was a huge pipeline on the East Coast that transmitted uh, oil and gas from uh, up in the Northeast down into the, the Mid-Atlantic states uh, here in, in, in the United States of America. And it turned out Russian hackers didn't listen to Joe Biden, and instead they hacked our pipeline. And there was a, a period of time right around Memorial Day in 2021 where people were freaking out. I mean, I had calls on, on WBT from moms and dads. I remember distinctly a particular uh, dad who was a single dad trying to provide for his family, and he was having a fit because he said, I only have like a, an eighth of a tank of gas. I don't know that I can get my child to childcare tomorrow and still make it to work. And, and while people were kind of taking it lightly about the Patriot pipeline hack, and we were kind of laughing that Joe Biden would make a list and give it to Vladimir Putin about what, don't, what not to attack, this was life and death for this man driving around trying to find gasoline on his way home from work. And remember, those pumps, they were, they, they were not available. They were empty. The system had been hacked, and they ended up paying ransom for it. Now, that tells me that the world didn't really fear Joe Biden. I think if you shut down the pipelines or tried to hack the pipelines when the other guy was president, TFG, the former guy, as Biden called him, uh, was, was president, I think there would have been a, a genuine sense of fear. Uh, of how the United States would react. And luckily, you know, we never had to find out if we were going to go to war over a pipeline hack. But the fact still remains that while Joe Biden was so confident in his foreign policy portfolio, uh, that he really had a blind spot there. He, he didn't understand the importance of the foreign policy issue. Uh, early on in his administration, we had a meeting in Alaska. The, the leadership, uh, minus, minus, uh, of course, Xi Jinping came to Alaska for a bilateral conversation, and all they did was excoriate the United States, saying that we were racist, uh, saying that uh, George Floyd was murdered because of America's uh, inability to respect human rights, all, all this sort of stuff. And, and Blinken and Austin and Milley all sat there and took the insults on our own soil from these thugs over in, in Beijing. Nobody stood up. We raced to get back into the Iranian nuclear deal. And the Iranians kind of strung us out. Um, we know that things started to get very, very aggressive as we uh, moved that calendar from 2021 into 2022. And that before spring, Vladimir Putin was invading Ukraine. The point of this is important. It's because... This administration, the entire administration, is not taken seriously as a national security apparatus of the United States. It's, it's just not. We, we hire woke um, liberal elites to run our, our, our CIA. Uh, we're busily uh, inculcating uh, people uh, into CRT in the military uh, academies that we have. Uh, we are much, much more worried about the social concerns than we are about the practical national security concerns. And sure, 
Uh, we have certainly sent a very strong message to Vladimir Putin that we've got some of the best state-of-the-art weapons going, and we are sending them to Ukraine, and Ukraine has held the Russians off, right? But that's not going to go on forever. Eventually, we're going to run out of the, the sort of stuff that we need, and we're going to need to maintain the stuff that we have to have for a deterrent. You and I both know that uh, a newly resurgent Xi Jinping, who just got elevated essentially to leader for life there at the uh, at the Chinese Communist Party convention that just took place over the weekend, he's not going to go easy on Hong Kong. He's not going to go easy on the Uyghurs. He's not going to go easy on American corporations who collaborate with the Chinese Communist government. He, he's not going to go easy on Taiwan. And so if we were right now in the middle of this mess and we have Vladimir Putin teaming up with the Iranians to to send drones uh, into uh, Ukraine to murder civilians. And suddenly, suddenly, all of this, all the all of a sudden out of, out of nowhere comes, uh, of course, the uh, attack on Taiwan from China. Uh, or you end up with something going on between North Korea and South Korea or all three of those things happen at the same time. It's a huge issue. And so the question then becomes, all right, what does this have to do with the midterm elections? Here's what it has to do with the midterm elections. The only thing Congress can do, uh, and I'm talking, when I say Congress, it's the generic Congress and the Senate, okay? The two, the two parts of the, uh, the, the congressional authority. The only thing that Congress has unto itself is the power of the purse, the power of the purse and, and the oversight and the hearings and that sort of stuff. But that's a limited amount of power. And I don't know if Joe Biden or Vice President Harris is going to come out and say, OK, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, we're going to exercise the War Powers Act. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go defend Taiwan. We're not going to defend Taiwan. We're, we're going to do all this sort of stuff. None of this happens in a vacuum. OK, mommy and daddy are not having an argument in the car on the way home and the kids can't hear it because they're at home. Mommy and daddy are not having the argument behind the door, um, muffled uh, yelling and screaming and smashing of things or whatever it is, and the kids can't hear it. Everything we do on foreign policy, including our border and fentanyl, everything we do is out in the open. You, you thought it was bad when you got Vindmond? Because Vindmond was the, was the great whistleblower and charamella so you got vindmind and then you got charamella and all that sort of stuff with the conversation involving uh zelensky and trump well guess what everything is now out in the open there are no safe spaces or quiet spaces anymore so the question becomes what is congress going to do for oversight and this is the most important part of this question you really should be asking democrats what they're going to do. Wait, 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 what, what do you mean, Brett? Why are you just going to point at Democrats? You can guess what the Republicans are likely to do uh, when it comes to oversight. But if the House stays in Democratic hands or the Senate stays in Democratic hands, are they going to continue to enable Joe Biden's adventurism around the world at claiming in order of importance, climate change, inequality, social justice, and then, of course, the national security metrics. It's in Democrats that you ought to be talking to. Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, uh, Fetterman in Pennsylvania, Ryan in Ohio, Kelly in Arizona, 
they're the people you should be asking the hard questions of when it comes to oversight. How are you going to handle oversight of our foreign policy? Or is it just going to be an all-you-can-eat kind of a deal? Is that what's going to happen? Likely it is. So I know that in the wake of September the 11th, I know that everybody got a little burned out between September the 11th and, 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 the, and the conclusion of, um, of, of the Iraq war for all intents and purposes. And I get that. And people didn't want to talk about foreign policy anymore. But 9-11 proved something hugely important. When the FBI can be ordered not to coordinate with the CIA on international um, uh, surveillance and uh, methods, and, and, and when the FBI can be walled off from the CIA, we lost 3,000 people on the day of September the 11th. We lost another 100,000 in the wake of September the 11th just in the United States because of, of, of the illnesses that came about with the collapse of those buildings. We, we lost thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of American military personnel, not just in Iraq or Afghanistan, but also in Syria and in battlefields around the world. We remember the September 20 speech that George uh, W. Bush gave on September the 20th, 2001, in which he said, there will be battles and battlefields you will never hear about. All of this matters massively. It's important to understand as we look at this picture, the security picture, it's important to understand that we can excoriate the, the congressional members who voted for all the profligate spending, right? We, we can go to these voters and not the voters, the, uh, the members of Congress and the Senate, and we can say to them, why did you spend five trillion dollars on covid? Well, you know, the crazy thing about this is technically, if you really look at it, the covid-19 infection that came into the United States was essentially a foreign policy failing. It, it was a foreign policy failing. It, it was um, it was the driver for spending $5 trillion to keep our economy afloat and to hand out largesse and to be the victims of fraud. But we also know we spent trillions of dollars to defend this country over the last 22 years. Yes, Joe Biden pulled the uh, switch and said, we're leaving Afghanistan based on the agreement negotiated by Donald Trump. I mean, that's all that's all factual. That's all factual. But we have now spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars on our security apparatus. And the conclusion that I take from looking at the current condition in this country is that most of that security apparatus, uh, not most of it, a substantial portion of that security apparatus likely has been targeted at American citizens. There's a tremendous piece in The Federalist today uh, it's a piece about how Robert Mueller weaponized fully the FBI by consolidating massive amounts of power in Washington, D.C. Uh, I say this on my program often uh, on my daily radio show um, that in many cases and in many ways, the Department of Justice has kind of moved from being the Department of Justice to becoming a sort of de facto interior ministry. Now, those are usually 
um, the the ministries around the world. I mean, they're they're in our allied countries, uh, you know, in Europe and England's got an interior ministry, but those are typically the 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 ministries inside government apparatuses that are in charge of surveilling the domestic population and keeping them under control. The United States of America was never intended to have a an interior ministry. But when you have the surveillance of parents at school board meetings, when you have uh, high ranking union members, organization members, association members reaching out to the Department of Justice and Merrick Garland then opens investigations telling Chris, uh, you know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, Christopher, uh, what is his name? I'm drawing a blank. The FBI director. Uh, when you when you look at those different agencies uh, being tasked with going out there and surveilling uh, American dissent and American politics, I, I mean that that to me, ladies and gentlemen, is is absurd. It, it's 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 absurd in the extreme because this is this is not what we were supposed to have as our reality i know it's christopher ray it came to me uh but the fact of the matter is we are unfree we're not as free as we were 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago when j edgar hoover was the boogeyman and maybe you're okay with that and maybe you're not okay with that Maybe you're a liberal or a conservative or a libertarian or an Antifa or a what, whatever you are. But darn it, you are an American citizen and I am an American citizen. And we may disagree up to and including everything imaginable. But we ought to ask our overlords what they intend to do to us. Pelosi and Schumer. McCarthy. McConnell, we ought to know what they have planned for us, because I, I know there's a whole lot of hate coming to the MAGA, the, the ultra MAGA, the MAGA and the ultra MAGA and the ultra mega MAGA, uh, MAGA, all that sort of stuff. I get it. I understand it. But it, at some point, it's going to be your turn inside the barrel. Our turn inside the barrel. And that ought to carry with it a little bit more oversight. I don't want to have to ask permission from a government agency to have an opinion that runs counter to what that government agency believes. Because that agency, well, can very well be wrong and likely is. A little bit to think about on this day. 15 days before the election. Keep asking questions. And understand how we got here and where we're going next. I am Brett Witterbull. This is Devious Motives.